hello, everybody. I'm delighted to welcome you to this uh, Synergy CFO to CFO podcast. My name's David Axon. I've been working in the finance space for almost 40 years now, uh, working with CFOs around the world. And I'm delighted to be joined today by, by Bill Tuba, who's a senior principal of Bridge Growth Partners. And he's also a director of both Exceedian and Synergy. And I'm delighted that Bill's joining us today because prior to his current role, he spent almost 20 years in senior leadership positions at EMC, including both Chief Financial Officer and the Global Head of Sales. And prior to that, he was a partner with Coopers and Libran. Uh, so we share a little bit of heritage because I used to work for Deloitte Haskins and Sells in the UK, uh, which ended up merging with uh, Coopers and Libran, becoming Coopers and Libran Deloitte uh, in the late 1980s. So a little bit of shared heritage there. I'm delighted that Bill's joining us today to bring his wealth of experience as a senior finance executive to bear. So, Bill, welcome. Thank you, David. And I'm going to one-up you. I've been in the finance world for 20, 45 years. <laughs> You've so, got the edge on me, which is why you're in Miami and I'm in Ohio. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's been a long road. Two distinct careers, public accounting for, you know, half my career. And in my mid-40s, I went to uh, one of my clients. I did something you can't do today. Yes. Uh, because of Sarbanes-Oxley, and I went to work for one of my clients, and I uh, uh, loved every minute of it. 21 years at EMC until we sold it to Dell. And you were right in the middle of the data space and the explosion that's taken off over the last quarter of a century or so. So maybe we can start there. You know, data has always been foundational to the CFO. How have you seen the role of the CFO evolve, evolve with respect to data during your career? Well, you know, clearly what's, what's transformed over the years is the access to more data. Uh, and when I think about the, the, the 14 column spreadsheets and the, the exquisite uh, calculations you had to go through to do a formula or whatever back in the old days, uh, in today's world, you have with the artificial intelligence and uh, so much compute behind you, you have the ability to source so many more fac factors uh, to understand what your KPIs are and, and how, to, you know, how to come to the building blocks of the decision you have to make. At the end of the day, you still have to make decisions as CFO and as, 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 as business managers. But in today's world, you have way more data behind you to help you make those decisions, to help the business run more smoothly, operate more efficiently. And uh, it's really fundamental to everything that I would say more than just CFOs do. It's fundamental to running any business. Yeah, I'd agree with you completely. And one of the things I've seen when, you know, when I started, probably like you, we basically only really had a small set of financial data to use, you know, what sat in the general ledger and the sub-ledger. You know, over the years, it's really expanded. We've not just got financial data. We've got a whole host of operating metrics we can begin to look at. And increasingly today, we've got a really rich set of external data around markets and customers that can really inform our ability as finance professionals to explain those numbers. I think yeah, that's a fascinating experience. And you think about timeliness, David. Uh, back in the day, it was, you know, you had to close, you were batch processing, you had to close the books at the end of the month. Now we have the ability, uh, and I would say not so much in the, you know, in the financial, you know, the financial records, but in real time to understand what's happening in the business because of the, the, the you know, the interaction between the daters and, you know, users, between, you know, the IoT, you know, the Internet of Things, the, the sensors and um, whether it's a, a monitoring system or whether it's a financial system. But you have real-time data to inform you what happened, you know, today, not just what happened, you know, uh, 30 days ago. 
and and it's having you know a little bit tighter steering wheel that really allows you to understand what to do next and really allows you to understand what do you think is going to happen next uh so you know looking backwards as well as looking forward is, is greatly enhanced by having the data uh of what's happening in real time yeah we don't have to wait to close the books to to access that information and inform those decisions and you've been you and i've been around long enough to know that you know that was an excruciating process right <laughs> it wouldn't be because you know but but again what goes into the set of books is you know a series of of, of accounts a series of you know actions and and it's those actions that really influence how the how the financials come out and that's where you want to be you want to be ahead of that game very much so very much so one of the things that i think is really unique about your experience is you know you started off very heavy in finance you were cfo of emc and then you took what is perhaps a little interesting uh journey to then become the global head of sales you know how did the career in finance translate into then leading a global sales force well i'm going to back you up a little bit and just a little bit about i was an english major undergrad right and I was an English major because I knew I was good at analytics and math, but I wanted the, the, uh, the U.S. Bas basketball analogy. I wanted to learn how to dribble with my left hand. Okay, and so I, I you know, I spent four years uh, being liberally educated, knowing it would come in handy someday. Now, uh, I graduated in '73 in the midst of a crisis. Uh, oil was I don't know, 100 dollars a barrel. Inflation was 18 percent. Uh, and it was impossible to get a job. And I actually got a job that was, was then Burroughs Corporation, but is now part of Unisys, as a sales rep. And I was terrible at it. Uh, really bad at it. So I had a chance, uh, opportunity to go back to graduate school full time after about a year, got an MBA, and then went into, I knew I was going to be good at accounting. And uh, uh, I went into Cooper's and, and Libran as a staff accountant, grows quickly, actually left and started my own business. And so I had to actually sell the projects I was doing. I had to do it and then, you know, collect the money to actually, you know, uh, you know make a living. Um, and so you, you get used to being able to be customer friendly. Even though you're doing accounting, you have to be able to customer friendly. You, you know, six years later, Coopers came and bought it, made me a partner, stayed there seven years. But then I went to EMC and was CFO for, you know, a good part of 10 years. What happened is I became vice chairman and the guy who was running, running sales quit. Now, one of the things that CFOs do, you're there, at the, you're there at the end of every quarter, right? You are making sure that all the deals, A, they conform, and they, B, they get recorded. And you know, you're there till midnight. You're there you know, making sure that everything that should happen does happen. Uh, and so I obviously got very friendly and with, with the sales force. And at the same time, because I was CFO and a lot of our big clients were the big banks, I got to be friendly with, you know, the banks wanted to call on me too. So I just had these relationships uh, with our biggest accounts so that, you know, after becoming vice chairman and after 10 years of CFO when, when it was time to, you know, hand the reins to somebody else, uh, the guy who ran sales quit. So I never said I want to be CFO next. I was actually in the middle of uh, putting together the syndicate to take VMware public. And when the head of sales quits, Joe Tucci, our, our CEO, came to me and goes, I want you to do that. And I never, I never really thought about it, but I said, you know, I went home, I said to my wife, uh, this could be fun. It may not be good for us because I've traveled extensively. And, uh, but it was, uh, you know, it worked out for everybody. It worked out for yeah. me, it worked out for the company, it worked out for uh, my wife. 
yeah, I'm increasingly seeing that people that have a strong finance background really apply themselves to many different elements of the business. You know, I never thought when I moved to the U.S. about 30 years ago that, you know, I'd be helping with a startup that went public in six years from its founding yeah. and doing all that sort of stuff. But having that basic finance and accounting acumen really allows you to try and understand how a business fits together. Because ultimately, every action in a business is going to impact a line item on the P&L account or the balance sheet. And that, to me, is what's really been exciting about my finance career, is to understand why the numbers look the way they do and how they get created. What actions are we taking? What decisions are we making? That, to me, is fascinating. And I, and I never stopped thinking like a CFO, though, either. And that's part of the, the, the uh, uh, experience I was able to bring to the sales function. Now, when I was made head of sales, it wasn't the most popular move in the industry. <laughs> there were some people who said, I forgot more about sales than you'll ever know. Right. But I said, give me a chance. And, uh, you know, having that perspective was really important. And let's go back to tie it back to data. So one of the first things I did was, you know, McKinsey was already working for us. I said, let's find out where we sell. And because and, we had a great deal of market share, but we didn't really have the crisp data around you know, what were our best markets and where was the white space. And so we did this, you know, tremendously detailed analysis. They came back and said, in this pyramid of, of opportunity, you only sell in these spaces, and there's a lot of white space. Now, when I present that to these, the sales leadership, they all laugh and said the data's wrong. Because that's the, that's the first reaction yeah. to people who are used to working empirically, right? Yeah. The data can't be wrong. The data, no, I can't be wrong. The data has to be wrong. So, of course, we went back and we, you know, fine-tuned the data. It wasn't wrong, but we fine-tuned it, and we brought it back. And we said, guys, we are missing so much of the market. Let's go here. And we, so we initiated a huge turn in our go-to-market to attack those segments of the market that we weren't actually selling them, that we had no market share or we had no products for. And so that's a, that's a tangible exam, example of having the data and how it influenced strategy that's, that's so important. It's also a great example of how finance acumen paired with sales acumen in this case can actually be, you know, one plus one equals three. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts through that collaboration and bringing different skill sets to bear. You know, yeah. one of the interesting things I think, you know, and I've been really interested in your perspective, having spent so long in finance and then have senior executive roles in sales and what have you, what advice would you give to CFOs today? We're living in some fairly interesting times. We've got a lot more data. We've got some really cool new technology, but we've also got a, a, a market environment we're operating in that seems to be characterized by unpredictability and volatility of almost un, unprecedented levels. So, you know, if you were stepping into a CFO's shoes today, what would you be thinking? How do I help the company grow? Because that's what people buy. All right. Everybody wants to, you know, value higher a company that's growing double digits, higher than double digits, depending on the segment of the market you're at. But how do, how to grow. So what, is a CFO, what does that mean to a CFO? It's not no, it's how. You know, so when people come to you with ideas or whatever, you, you know, I was not a no guy. I was like, let's figure this out. And let's figure out how to do this if it makes sense. And then secondly, cash is king. Cash has never been anything but king. And if you don't have cash, you're going to have your back against the wall at some point. So it's th those two things. How do I grow? And how do I make sure I have the cash? And those two sometimes very frequently are at odds with each other. 
right? Because I can invest more to grow faster, but I don't have the, you know, I either have, don't have the cash or I got bank cover. And that's where management comes in, right? That's where skill comes in. Yeah. Well, one so of the I, I keep preaching that. It, yeah. just, if it was easy, anybody could do it. But that's where experience, that's where understanding the data, understanding where the growth paths are, understanding what it's going to talk, uh, what it's going to cost to capture those growth paths. Uh, it's so important. But you got to have the cash. If you don't have the cash, your back is against the wall. You're in, your, you're in a weak position. I often say one of the CFO's primary roles is to create the financial capacity to invest in growth. And cash is foundational for that. One of the things I found most interesting is how CFOs and companies generally have behaved over the last year. You know, there was some research in the Wall Street Journal just the other week, but cash balances on balance sheets have gone up significantly over the last 12 months. And I think that's really a testament to the speed with which finance and business executives reacted to the sudden downturn that we experienced. You know, a lot of companies suspended share buyback programs you know, reduce dividend if necessary and really focus on conserving cash to help them manage the downturn. Now, obviously, we've had unprecedented, you know, government stimulus in many parts of the world has aided that. But I think that focus on cash conservation is going to equip many companies to really accelerate their growth if we begin to see a, a degree of normalcy in terms of the marketplace. Uh, I think that's one of the most interesting things about being a finance I'd just like to end, you know, I like to think about finance. I always say it's a job in business. You know, maybe I need my head examined. If I can look at financial statements and understand why they look the way they do. And perhaps more importantly, how you influence those statements in the future. You know, it's really a fascinating role to play. So what excites you most about the future of finance executive? I think, you know, the role of the CFO has really changed, right? I mean, I was a nuts and bolts finance, you know, I knew the, I knew the FASBs. I, you know, I could write the freaking fast piece, some of them, uh, probably shouldn't have said that. But anyway, in today's world, you're seeing backgrounds much more like investment bankers, you're seeing things that uh, uh, people who uh, don't have that tried and true come up through the ranks of the finance department. And I, you know, I think that's a good thing. As long as you have the strong, the strong detail and the, uh, people underneath you. And, and again, one of the greatest, attributes of a CFO is building a, a, a team that, you know, can do all the financial reporting, do the tax, do the treasury, do the, the FP&A. So without that, you can't be, you can't do the kinds of things that the CFO should do. You can't be the advisor to the CEO. And that's, that's the goal of every CFO, right? Is to be in the room, in the meetings, when important things are discussed, uh, give the alternatives, and uh, be a voice that's listened to. And if you are just, you know, got the green eye shade on and, and, and doing the debits and credits, you're, you, you've, you've missed the boat and you probably won't have your job for that long. I agree. I think it's fascinating to me that as technology and data have exploded and the options have increased significantly, talent is actually becoming more and more important. You know, it's not less important. Some people thought that technology would obsolete the need for some of these roles. Well, the roles are changing, but rich finance talent that can that can translate the performance of a business into actions that business leaders can then take is really the essence of the role in the future. You mentioned growth and cash conservation as being the two major major roles of a CFO. Job one is still ensuring the integrity of the financial statements. It doesn't mean the CFO has to know everything about the nuts and bolts, but they have to have trust in people who do know the nuts and bolts. And that's about building the right team and being an effective leader, I think.
Well, in a public company, your signature's on for financial yeah. Uh, yeah. You and the CSA and the CEOs, depending on you. So if, you it, it better, the details better be right. Uh, yeah. The people better be quality. And, you know, when I get to when I ask questions about that, you know, I never settle. I never settle. On, you know, I had an open position and I couldn't find the right person. I'd figure it out before I hired the wrong person. I'd have people doing double duty. And the people I waited for, the people uh, who came in and we built the EMC finance function on are still either part of my lives and other companies are still there. You know, it's like when you, when you find a thoroughbred, you, you know, you, you stick with them forever. All right. Yeah. Or her, him yeah. or her. Uh, and uh, so, you know, part of my advice is when you're building a team, don't settle, get the right person because it's way more than 10 X the wrong person. That's great advice and wisdom. I just want to thank Bill Tuber again for joining us on this CFO to CFO podcast uh, sponsored by Synity. The wealth of experience you bring to the table and very practical advice. Sort of been there, done that, got the t-shirt or maybe it's the golf shirt. I'm not sure. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. And uh, thank you all for your time. And uh, welcome to the next CFO and CFO podcast from Synity. Synity.